Hello, welcome back. It's week 52 on Out on That Line. I'm Jeff with my co-host Alex. Alex, how you doing this week? A hell of a lot better than the New York Giants, buddy. Oh, God, that was ugly. I mean, that I was, was at work ugly. just kind of keeping up on my phone, but man, they're not. it's not looking good. Again. That that was fucking brutal. I can't remember what movie it's from, but the quote, it's like pistol whipping a blind kid came into mind. Yeah. They just got their fucking asses handed to them by the Broncos. Yeah. And, you know, the Broncos defense is supposed to be pretty decent, but <clears throat> it was just no excuse for the poor showing by the Giants. I, um, I was hopeful, you know, hope springs eternal every single year for me with of Giants. Course. And every single year since 2011, it has ended in bitter disappointment. Some years much sooner than others. Oh, yes. The only thing that brings me small comfort is the Patriots shit the bed, too. So close. Yes. But in the end, fins up, baby. Yes. Fins I up. mean, it's it's always better when the Patriots lose. If the Giants aren't going to win, at least we got something else to cheer for, right? And honestly, some of the joy is out of Patriots losses now that Tom Brady's not around. But whatever. Yeah, we'll take him while we can get him. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Still real to me, damn it. <laughs> well, this week, we have one of our, I don't know, in the history of the show, has there been a more highly anticipated album than this one that we've known about for as long and waited for and knew we were going to do as soon as we got it? I think we called this one, like, in the very first episode. Yeah. I, I, so it's been, yeah. it's been a wait. It's been a while. It's been a we've long been time. been patiently waiting for Casey Musgraves to release her album Starcrossed, and she finally has done it. Last week, she dropped the album and the accompanying music video, music movie. I don't know what you would even call that. So movie let me film, ask. Music film? Well, let me riddle to you this, because you watched it. Yes. Because you are one of the top 1% of the 1% who's got Paramount+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> um, Can so you put in some, like gold coin sounds oh hell yeah right there okay i'll put a little rave music some bernie sanders just ranting <laughs> behind it corporate billionaires um so when you say it was like the musical movie film did it was it song for song or was it just selections or like what so what was the deal selections it was selections. so the movie was like 48 minutes long which is just about the same length as the album but i could definitely tell there was not not everything from the album made it into the movie uh -huh. um, the major it hit the major points so like it really um, reminded me of like Beyonce's Lemonade I don't know if you watched that mm -hmm. but it was like that same idea where it's you know breakup album you know and, and I would even I don't know if I'd put it I certainly wouldn't put it on the same level as like Pink Floyd's The Wall as a movie as a music film because um, it's just not as linear of a story it's not as cohesive it you know it seems like there's a lot of very avant-garde things that she was doing in the in the movie which didn't always necessarily match up with the music video it just made it seem like a really long just standard music video where there's a, they're trying to still tell a story visually that doesn't always necessarily match up with the song um and i'm sure if people have watched as many music videos if you're in our age group you're going to know exactly what i'm talking about um, this one was like a collection of little vignettes set to the music. And while it was cool and like very visually, you know, interesting to watch, you know, I wouldn't put it on the same level as certainly not the wall, but not even really Beyonce's Lemonade. Um, the music was 
you know, I really enjoyed, but the, you'll know when you watch the movie exactly what I'm talking about. The viewers or listeners out there will know as well when they watch it. It's like kind of captivating to watch, but it doesn't really add a lot to the album. So when you say selections, can I correctly assume that it was mainly the songs that were germane to the story of the divorce? Because stuff yes. like Cherry Blossom probably doesn't have a lot to do with that narrative. I could see you cutting that one. Yeah. So it, in I think every single song got a little bit of play, but okay. very few of them played <clears throat> completely all the way through. And a few of them, it was just like a little tiny snippet of the song to just kind of move along. Um, so I'd have to go back and check and confirm. I didn't think it was totally necessary to like confirm one way or the other, whether every single song was represented, but it was something that I did notice that when I listened to the album like proper, you know, with headphones and listened to the whole thing, it seemed like there was more to the album than there was musically in the movie. So I think a lot of stuff got shortened or, or clipped um, and just kind of not used the same way you hear it on the album. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, what is there anything more to it than that? Like, do you recommend that I watch it? Or I, I think you're gonna enjoy it because you, you've taken a shine to Miss Musgraves. Well, you know, you know, but whether you can, whether it fulfills any other artistic boxes for you, you know, I don't, I don't really know. I guess you'll have to, you'll have to watch it, watch and see. We... But I know, I know you'll enjoy yourself at least. I was going to say, are we not doing phrasing anymore? We're talking about <laughs> filling boxes, Jeff. I thought I was the sex pervert. How dare you? Oh, man. I thought I was going to sneak that one by you. You can't sneak anything by me when it comes to butts, man. I told you. You can't sneak the cheek. I will always, always see it. So, yeah, go ahead and watch the go ahead and watch the movie. You know, I think if, if nothing else, it's an interesting way to listen to an album. You know, not everybody's doing that. Uh, maybe it's going to become more popular as we go forward in time here. Who knows? Because um, I don't really know a ton of other musical movies. I mean, I guess there was like Across the Universe, The Wall, Lemonade. You know, I don't know many other ones that weren't strictly concert films or just like movies that happen to have a lot of the same artists like Blinded by the Light did with mm -hmm. the Bruce Springsteen songs. You know, I wouldn't say that's a music movie. It's a movie with some music set to it. So like, I don't know how many more of them there are out there i'm sure far far more than i've listed uh but i i wonder if this is going to be <clears throat> kind of a thing another way for artists to express themselves because everybody wants to be in more than one media these days and i think it might be something we start to see more often well yeah that's what we call vertical integration as soon mm -hmm. as you can you know casey musgraves can sell vinyl and and grinders with the happy and sad logo on top and socks and christmas ornaments and it's a visual album and there's the you know all of that shit like the first really big example of that was um saturday night fever when it was the movie it was the first time that a soundtrack catered to a movie like that was released and and sold gangbusters like that yeah like specifically designed like they had that album they match it up with the movie and both of them just become a phenomenon off of each other's steam because that rising tide benefits all ships. So yeah. vertical, integ vertical integration. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's going to be something we see quite a bit more often. Um, but to get to the album, I first need to get out of the way that this album comes extremely 
highly recommended from fiance of the pod marla so this was one we were going to do anyway but in my household there was no getting around this album coming out and i was excited about it but fiance of the pod marla is a might be the biggest casey musgraves fan on the planet um and she has been waiting for this one i think she's listened to like six times six or seven at this point damn and comes it comes highly highly recommended from marla Wow. All right. So we're logging. Well, Jeff, I'll tell you what my fiance thought of the album. <laughs> we're playing that game, Mr. 1%. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to make that your new gimmick, the one percenter. Oh, the million dollar man. Oh, yeah. Everybody's got a price, okay. baby. <laughs> Must be nice to have someone who loves you. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. God damn it. Yeah. Well, so what, what, uh, what was your take on the album? I am also going to say stream it. Um, I don't know if I have as strong of feelings about it as as Marla does. Um, but I do think it was, you know, I don't, and again, see, I'm going to, I'm going to make the mistake here. And I think it's a mistake, but I'm going to do it. I'm comparing it to Golden Hour because they're like very, very different albums. But I felt a little more floored by Golden Hour than I did by this album. Not that I didn't like this one. So I'm. You know, it's, I'm going to say in general, I enjoyed it a lot, but I couldn't help comparing it to Golden Hour, even though I think that's a mistake to do. I mean, and I don't even know if it's a mistake. You know what I mean? It's, it's, she set her own standard with Golden Hour. It's mm-hmm. kind of natural to want it to either be better than that or to at least meet that level of achievement. So, I mean, if you're comparing it, sonically to golden hour like well it doesn't sound like golden hour it doesn't have the same beats that golden hour had then like yeah if you're going purely on structure that's that's problematic but to just kind of judge it on the quality of golden Mm -hmm. hour i think that's totally valid yeah and i think it just i don't know it seemed like she had uh more of a variety of of things to talk about on golden hour i think maybe that's what it was just there was a broader experience to it mm-hmm. like this is a very star cross is a breakup album i mean yep. it's a very like subdued very somber album there's some bright spots for sure um we're going to talk about one of them but it's just you know they're very different vibes on this one and i suppose that would always be the case because golden hour she was falling in love and in love and star crossed is that love is over and in a in a pretty bad way um so it's just I guess because they come from two totally different places, it was always going to have that dichotomy of emotions between the two of them. Um, but it really, I felt like I just, I don't, I don't know. I just enjoyed golden hour more than this one. Well, and it's like we talked about last week with Donda, when you are this, this idea that great suffering begets great art is a misnomer because sometimes people can sublimate their pain into artistic expression And that's a coping mechanism. But overall, I tend to fall into the school of when you're passionate about something, you'll do a better job representing that passion. If Mm -hmm. you're trying to write about something you hate, like that's a trap a lot of screenwriters fall into is like, oh, hipsters are so fucking annoying. I'm going to write a show about how fucking annoying hipsters are. And there's no passion (laughs) in that. You're just taking a shit all over people. It's not fun for people to watch. I mean, even something like Always Sunny, which is predicated on objectively bad, disgusting, deplorable people. There's love that went into that. There's love for these characters. There's love for that depravity. It's not 
sitting in judgment of those characters. That's your yeah. job. The writers yeah. aren't doing that. So I think that, you know, when you are in a good place and you're happy, you can come up with more variety. I think when she was basking in that golden hour, a f- good fucking sandwich nice. could have made a song. You know what I mean? Yeah, see what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> NBD. Um, but when, you know, anything could have, a, a beautiful little butterfly could have made her excited to write a song, whereas this is definitely the divorce album. Mm-hmm. And I know my worry was like, oh my God, it's going to be Haley Williams all over again if she just keeps hammering this theme. And I don't think that's what happened. And here is where I will controversially say I wish that it had. I oh. really, really did not like this album. Whoa, okay. I was really fucking disappointed by this. And okay. here's the thing. I savaged Lord, right? I think yep. Lord is a dipshit, and I hated that album. I love Casey Musgraves, but what am I going to do? Sit here and through clenched teeth be like, yeah, you know, I really admire the fact that this seems like it was mastered over a single weekend. That's great. Um, yeah. I can't. And and first of all, preemptive apology to Marla. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I still have nothing but love for you. Um, but this is where the the... This is where I draw my line, man. I I was really, mm-hmm. really, utterly disappointed by this, and it sucks because I love Casey Musgraves. Yeah, she's totally talented, and I'm not gonna sit here and like foam at the mouth like I did with Lord. It's more sad. It'd be like if you made an album and I listened to it, and I'm like, well, I love Jeff. How do I tell him this is really bad? Like, <laughs> or do I lie and be like, yeah, no, just, it's just have Rory do it for you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Jeff, I don't know what the fuck you were thinking when you did this, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's uh that is unfortunately where I stand on Starcrossed. Yeah, that's you know what? I, I have a feeling that's gonna do there's a lot of people that, that are gonna have that same kind of reaction to this one. And I, and from the reviews that I've been seeing, it's it's very split. Right now, you know, I happen to like it because I don't know. I think she does focus. She makes just good music. So whether lyrically this was as strong as Golden Hour or really, you know, I think her strongest lyrically has been pageant material and same trailer, different park. Um, But like musically, it was it was good. So like on my headphones, it was nice to listen to. And having watched the movie and understanding kind of the context of how the story moves through. You know, I think really what I appreciate a lot about it is the effort because they're clearly this was a huge effort to make this album and even do this. So, you know, kudos for taking that risk. I think with the movie, she would have been much better served if it was much more linear and had a you know a real storyline that you could really develop kind of a connection with the main character, her in this album. And I think that's the problem is there's a lot of the same notes that she hits. She's very clever about how she talks shit about this guy. Um, But it's just, for me, I enjoyed listening to the album, but it just didn't, I didn't feel like it was her strongest effort. Maybe that's just, she doesn't write as well under those from that perspective or from those perspectives, you know, maybe that's the case because she's got a body of work that, you know, is such that we were, we were very, optimistic about this album you know and i think i i land on a much more favorable viewpoint of it than you do obviously but it's just 
I felt like maybe this isn't the perspective that's her strongest, I suppose. And I, I would agree with you. And to be clear, I know that she put 100% of herself into it. Absolutely. The effort is not in question. But to quote her, you know, follow your arrow. Like, where, mm-hmm. where did she target this ambition? And it's just there were really fucking strange production choices. And to be clear with this as well, I'm fine with that. I referenced a couple episodes ago, I think on the Lord episode, where I was like, it could be Brian Wilson working on Smile. It could be mm-hmm. Prince working on the Black Album. It might, or Kanye working on Donda. It might be a giant clusterfuck, but at least that will be interesting. None of this was interesting. None of this okay. said anything new. And it wasn't just lyrically, it was the music, it was the production choices. I just felt like, and I have no problem with her moving away from country. I applaud that actually, like test the water, stretch yourself. Yeah. It was like when Sturgill did it. That that in and of itself is not a problem. It's just, again, the mixing and the mastering on this. Also, bananas piece of trivia. No live drums were used on this. It was wow. all drum machines and, and like digitized percussion. Very fucking weird. Strong choice. One that I vehemently disagree with. I think it takes a yeah. lot of the soul out of it. But... It just didn't this one just didn't come together for me. And we'll we'll get into it, but Yeah. It sucks. It hurts. I'm, I'm not, sorry. not the yeah, album sucks, like the experience sucks. Yeah. I'm sorry that uh that you feel that you felt like it didn't live up to your expectations. I feel like it makes it tough to do one of these episodes when you didn't necessarily like it. Well, and it's it's I've got a lot to talk about because again, I applaud the effort. It's it's I wish I loved it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I went into it with an open heart, ready, and I will say it picks up towards the middle. That's why, like, all my picks are in a row. <laughs> I noticed that. Um, And even some of those, I'm like, no, this isn't that good, but at least it's a little interesting. Yeah. <sighs> you got to do one or the other. It's got to be right in the <clears throat> pocket with what you do and what you do best, and it needs to be solid as a rock, or it needs to be a wild swing and this was neither yeah that's that's fair so why don't we get into the songs i feel like this will give people a better idea when we can give like specific examples of what we liked and what we didn't like and this will give you a better idea i think of of where you might land on this album as you're listening to this so uh the first song that we picked um was good wife and this was one of my picks it's one of the first few songs in the album let me get the lyrics up here um and what this one is in the movie it's a like kind of a a finishing school like they're in this little like auditorium where you know the old 40s and 50s finishing schools where they taught young women how to be housewives and blah 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 um it it's like set in one of those type of things but she's clearly like the one that's acting out and the song the lyrics are about like all these things that she knows that she should be doing as like a good wife you know as like that stereotypical that cookie cutter image of what a good wife is in like the forties, fifties and sixties. Um, and it kind of, in the movie, you can tell that it's setting up for this kind of this arc, you know, she's starting out, this is still in the marriage, but things are starting to get strained, you know, so she's still got those feelings of love. Like she should be trying harder to, to make this better before she finally gets pushed over the edge later in the album. Um, but I didn't necessarily like the song as much as I like what it set, 
the whole album up for in the storyline. Mm-hmm. And I would agree that the the element of it, the the idea behind it, the thought behind it, which is, well, I just want to be a good wife. And at first glance, you're like, well, that's kind of a, you know, Casey Musgraves never seemed like one to to fall into gender norms like that. But I think the point is more Rustin Kelly was a sponge and Casey Musgraves mm-hmm. is a giver. So she wants him to have his best experience and she wants to bring all of this joy into his life the way that he ostensibly does to her. Mm-hmm. But once she finally realizes, oh, well, we're not equally yoked. I go out of my way to make sure that he's taken care of, that his pathetic little ego, which we will talk about further. Yes is stroked and I just want to be a good wife. I don't think it ever crossed his mind that he should be a good husband. I think there's a fair amount of resentment baked into the relationship coming from his direction. So at any time when I'm critical of lyrics or production, the music, how it did or didn't come together, one thing I'm not critical of is the things that she felt and the ideas behind these songs where I think it's just execution for me. So it's not like with Mm -hmm. Lord where I'm like, who the fuck does she think she is trying to say this kind of thing? What an asshole. I I appreciate the idea behind it, which is Casey Musgraves threw herself headlong into trying to make her marriage work. Mm-hmm. But that is a two-way street. And Rustin goddamn Kelly, the least talented man in the world. <laughs> yeah, what an idiot. What a fucking <laughs> idiot. Put that aside for a second. The fact that she's gorgeous and talented. He sucks. You talk yeah. about winning the lottery. He won the fucking lottery and he botched it yeah like someone cared about you that much and you you let your insecurity get in the way i get Mm -hmm. that some of us have a propensity to do that jesus christ man what a small dick move couldn't couldn't be me i've told marla i don't know how many times like you tell me when you need me to be a stay-at-home husband because i will i will do it yeah fuck yeah yeah i was like as soon as you start making enough money for me to do that you just give me the word (laughs) i will put in my notice wherever i'm at Oh, goddamn. Dude, I've like, talked don't about... Don't care. Fuck no. If I Again, if I ever con a woman into marrying me, I'm going to take her last name. That's a shoot. <laughs> no, for real. I am I hate my last name, and I would be genuinely interested. Oh, in, my God. In... I can't... I I hope, uh, I hope I get to see when your dad finds out about that. Oh, yeah. Better make sure there's an ambulance on standby. Yeah. I hope... I just hope I'm there to witness. Well, I'll make because... sure we'll do we'll do a, instead of a gender reveal, it'll be a surname reveal. <laughs> I think I think his skin is just going to melt off. His head might just ex- explode like scanners, just big <laughs> chunks of gore. But on the flip side, your sister is likely to make somebody take her last name. Yes, correct. Yeah. By by force. She'll put them in an arm bar and be like, <laughs> yeah, sign the paper. So, so it might it might balance itself out after all, you know. As far as I can tell, she's not crazy about our last name either, so I think the dynasty dies. Oh, no. I think that's the end of the bloodline. Yep. That's all she wrote. Okay. Yep. Well. Ladies. It was a savagely mediocre run. What can we say? <laughs> ladies, get at him. That's right. I'm if subservient. You be, if you want to be part of the end of a dynasty, <laughs> this is your I'm chance. Your guy. <laughs> this is your chance. You can't take out the Clintons. You can at least take out the Cotches. That's right. I'm, I can be your Chelsea, baby. I'm waiting. <laughs> well, what do you say we move on to Justified? Um, this was one of the singles. Um, at, uh, so it was Starcrossed was the first one, and then Justified was the, was the second one. 
justified much more of a fully formed song than Starcrossed. Um, so I think this one gave people a much better idea about what was going to be actually happening on the album. And it's, this is a, another one of those things where it's like, I don't know if it's the music or the story that does more for me in this one. And I think it's the story, to be honest with you. Um, I think the music just does enough to advance it for me that that's why I ended up really kind of enjoying the whole thing. Um, but Justified is is kind of her step, like starting to trust her instincts where it's like, oh, I just want to be a good wife. It's like she's stepped across that line where now she's able to get a little perspective on the relationship. And she's like, wait, this isn't this isn't right. Um, so now she's decided that she's going to move on. Um, and it was, you know, you can tell that she started to uh, do some mind expanding substances, I think, right around this point, um, because just the way that she writes the album starts to change a little bit with this song and definitely has like a kind of a not I don't want to say schizophrenic because that's definitely not the right word but like a lot of emotions going on at the same time like the chorus if I cry just a little and then laugh in the middle if I hate you and I love you and then I change my mind you know it's like there's all these different sorts of emotions going on but what it says to me is like now there's perspective she's not just inside it consumed by it anymore now she's able to kind of take a look from the outside and start to assess what she needs to do to move forward here yeah, and like like was brought up, the the healing doesn't take place in a straight line. It's all it's a a yeah. journey that's all over the place, moving around like a fucking uh, scatter plot. Um, and like you said, I agree with you. I think the that message, the idea, the lyrics, if you will, are the most interesting part, and are what kind of drives the song for me because I have a lot of problems with the music. Mm-hmm. First of all, her voice, it became very clear to me on this album, is not that strong. It is pretty. It's really pretty. It shines when she does acoustic stuff, but it is really delicate. It's like holding a a glass flute. If you breathe too hard, it's going to shatter. So she never really goes swinging for the fences. It's a very sweet, delicate, childlike sound. But it gets completely swallowed up by the bass. It's just this through a lot of these songs. She can't compete with it. It wasn't mixed well. Mm -hmm. It's the first thing I noticed, especially in this song. It just assaults you. So it's just like somebody who goes by in a car and they're bumping their music really so loud it's rattling your windows. Yeah. And then like someone's trying to talk to you in the car and it's just you you can't really vibe with it it's it's out of place so i i feel like a lot of this album is her kind of hiding behind production elements which is crazy because this is supposed to be the ultimate catharsis for the end of her marriage so again I like the idea behind Justified. She's realizing, like, wait, I don't have to be generous with him. I'm allowed to be bitter. CM Punk, we're talking about wrestling before, he said that after he quit WWE. People accuse me of being bitter. Well, guess what? Sometimes it's okay to be bitter. She is completely justified, and we've got our title, in feeling (laughs) that way. And I like that. I like that a lot, that she hasn't really trashed him yet, but she's starting to entertain the idea, like, oh, I can't take all the blame for this because I really actually was not even 50% wrong. I'm far less than that. 
So mm-hmm. for that reason, I enjoyed it. Yes. Yes. Now we move into the trio, the hat trick in the middle of the yes. album that you chose, starting with Angel. Um, I really like this one for being a return to that cosmic contemplative sound. She reaches into the Spanish guitar a lot in this album. Mm-hmm. Um, Starcrossed, for instance, that's like the the motivating instrument at first. I really like that. It's got a natural sorrow to it. It's a very evocative sound. So I think it was smart to get this vulnerable and strip back and kind of just let the pain dictate the song. And it's all about like an unrealistic expectation, which is like, oh, well, I wish I could have been an angel. She's she's swinging back around from good wife to blaming herself again, even after she's yeah. been like, I'm justified in my feelings. She finds strength through like, yeah, that's right. I'm allowed to feel the way that I want to. But because of that, maybe I could have done more. And it's like, no, you're missing the point. This wasn't about you. This was about two people. And mm-hmm. what's interesting, and I couldn't confirm whether she did this intentionally or not, but a lot of people are talking about Rustin Kelly had a song called Changes. Mm-hmm. So I listened to that. Piece of fucking garbage, by the way. Yeah, I tried to listen to him. He's terrible. He's awful. He's yeah. dog shit awful and changes is this horribly self-centered solipsistic song about like oh woe is rustin kelly how i've suffered how i've been hurt you have to understand he's one of those people that like when he bullies you has an explanation for why he did it no apology but an explanation yeah that's his song her song is essentially saying like i hear you dude but I've got problems too, and yet somehow I still took you into consideration. So it's kind of fucked up that you couldn't afford me the same courtesy. Yep. Yeah. And it's, I wonder what it, what's it got to be like being Rustin Kelly knowing that this album now exists? You know what I mean? It's like, because at least with Lemonade, Beyonce like got that anger out of her system. Clearly they worked on it together, her and Jay-Z, and they lasted through that. But now Rustin Kelly is gonna be is gonna like live a life as a mediocre country music star. And the only reason he's even as famous as he is is because of the relationship he was involved in. You know, so it's like two people can just not work out, you know what I mean? But it's like if you really care about your career and enough so that you were insecure about how much success your partner was having, don't you think it would have been beneficial to you to like if this wasn't gonna work out? To make it a little more of a, a amicable break, you know, be a little more open and honest about how you're feeling about things so that it doesn't get to this point. Cause it's like, she just buried you. Like in this album, she just buried this guy. Like he's in, he does not have the platform to speak up to a level where he's going to be able to like tell his side of the story here. If there is, you know, if that would make it any better. But it just sounds like he's such an asshole and what a missed opportunity in so many ways. Oh, no, he has X's for eyes. I'm reminded of Cobra Kai. Put him in a body bag. (laughs) And she doesn't even, like, come out and be like, he had a small dick, and he could never satisfy me, and he's stupid, and did you know he doesn't talk to his mom? Like, there isn't a ton of airing of the grievances in that way, which is, it's almost worse that it's an assault on fundamentally what his character is, which is he's, he's weak, he's egotistical. And here's the thing, I get it. 
ha 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 as a joke. Casey, not even as a joke. I really mean it. Casey Musgraves, extremely attractive. Uh, obviously not the only reason I like her. Drawn to her music. Golden Hour, one of my favorite albums. Yeah. So like taking all my gimmicks out of it. Yes, I'm a fan of hers. Yes, I'm inclined to take her side by dint of the fact that it's the one that I'm getting. But I did go out of my way to look at the Rustin Kelly of it all. Mm-hmm. He sucks. There's a very clear difference between how he views it and how she views it. Hers is much more generous to him than his is to her. Yeah. And I just can't get behind fuckboys like that. I'm sorry. I don't mm-hmm. feel bad for you. It's like when Justin Bieber did his Lonely song. That weird, like, yodeling, like, no one knows how hard it is to be Justin yeah. Bieber. <laughs> I'm like, go fuck yourself, asshole. It's, again, I'm really getting to this idea of solipsism, where the only thing that exists is the universe as you see it. And that is yeah. written all over Rustin Kelly. That is how we get shit like people trying to stop the steel and storm the Capitol and eat mm-hmm. horse dewormer and shit. It is a slippery slope when you are that egotistical and that wrapped up in your idea of the world. So mm-hmm. for that reason only, I'm not just axiomatically taking the side of a woman that I enjoy her music and find her attractive. I think people like Rustin Kelly just plain suck. Yes, it sounds like he does. What an idiot. Uh, now, moving on to Breadwinner. Now this, you want to talk about throwing some throwing some shade, throwing throwing a few elbows out there. This one was one of your picks, the middle one of that three-pack you picked. Tell us why. Give us a little insight on this one. Well, we might as well just stick with the theme of beating up on Rustin Kelly, because that's what this is about. <laughs> Whoo, buddy. Huh. Huh. Don't burn your fingers on this one. Um, <laughs> so, let's see. i got to look at my notes for a minute. Oh, yeah. Justified. One of the notes I had written down as I was listening through was, Ooh, it sure sounds like Rustin Kelly is insecure and inconsistent. Cut to breadwinner, where my first notes (laughs) in all caps are, I knew this motherfucker was insecure because Casey Musgraves makes more money and has more fame. I fucking knew it. Yeah, not even by a little bit. She's so much more famous than he is. What does she have, six Grammys? Yeah, uh, Yeah, I think six. Something like that? Yeah. I mean, the only Grammys he has are his fucking Mima and his... Gam Gam. <laughs> Fucking asshole. Anyway, it's this is a little bit of a tangent, but I listened to Chapo Trap House, and they did an mm-hmm. episode talking about the West Wing. Politics pod, political show. And they were talking about the way Aaron Sorkin writes women, which betrays the way that Aaron Sorkin sees women. And the quote was, mm-hmm. in Aaron Sorkin's writing, all women are mommy maids that you can fuck. And... Yeah. That is kind of what Rustin Kelly seems to be attracted to. The story Mm -hmm. is setting up this idea that, well, it's Casey Musgrave singing to a current or future lover of Rustin Kelly's. Kind of like that Fiona Apple song way back when on Fetch the Bolt Cutters, where it was Mm -hmm. like, with the benefit of hindsight, talking to the new woman, trying to warn her. Um, And Casey Musgrave is basically like, look, he will be attracted to your power. He will be attracted to your clout. He will be attracted to your beauty. But in the end, those are going to be the things that he resents about you. Mm -hmm. So he can say that he's fine with you being the breadwinner, but he's not. He's patently insecure. He wants a breadwinner. He wants your dinner until he ain't hungry anymore. 
He wants your shimmer to make him feel bigger until he starts feeling insecure. So he'll take whatever he can get from Casey Musgraves and other powerful women, but the second that it becomes clear to him that he owes any kind of visibility that he has to them, they're a bitch, and he's going to turn on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, this song. This song gives it to him. Um, and I think I think he has – I think it's directly to somebody. I think he was, like, seeing somebody or, you know, something like that. So I think this one was specifically to somebody. So imagine being that person. Oof. Like, and now you're famous because somebody more famous than who you're dating – has decided to shit all over the person you're dating and now you're involved yep i think that's when you're like oh i'm moving to new zealand i guess we have to break up yikes that is that's got it that's a tough spot that's a tough spot to be in that's like we so on our last episode the lucy dacus one there's that song christine that idea of like hey this guy isn't necessarily a bad guy but he's not right for you yeah Casey Musgraves doesn't even outright say Rustin Kelly's a bad guy. It's more just he is emotionally, he's an emotional bull in a china shop. And you need to be made aware because that's that's a sickness. That There's this mm-hmm. idea in dating that you pay your neuroses and your baggage forward. If you're someone who has trust issues and you inflict that on someone else, when you guys break up, their view is going to be colored. It's like coronavirus. It's just going to spread from person to person until we're all kind of mired in dysfunction. So really kind of is a public service announcement while also a modicum of revenge against this little whiny man baby, which I love. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and quite a cut it was. I wonder if he's going to come out with like a response song or something. That'll be interesting. How do you respond to that? He can barely read or write. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I guess he'll be like, oh, she's lying. I wrote this song about it. It's called She's Lying. Yeah, well, she ate crackers in bed. And I'd be like, buddy, are you not familiar with the idiom? I wouldn't kick her out of bed for eating crackers. You're a lunatic. Yeah. I should stab you if I see you. Yeah, he's, he's, I mean, I'm going to look up his Spotify right now. I feel like we've given a lot of shine to somebody that doesn't deserve it here. But, you know, I, I think as long as people know that our intentions were not good for Rustin Kelly. No. He might have well, got a well, lot of shine here. Yeah, well, and for all the wrong reasons. And while while yeah. you're looking that up, I will say musically, this was this was weak tit for me. I yeah. I didn't like the production elements. However, the messiness of it kind of worked for this subject matter because this is messy. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's out there airing out their dirty laundry, and it, it, so it kind of made sense in that context wasn't super enjoyable again the mixing and the mastering on this is all over the fucking place so it wasn't good but it worked for this song yeah yeah i enjoyed i enjoyed that when i was like when i listened to it the first time i was like damn yeah like she's she's got her knives out on this one yes um and then to wrap up the trilogy for you camera roll so this is an interesting follow-up to all of that vitriol and i can't even that's my vitriol. I can't even assign that to her. Again, she was very genteel in the way that she completely cut him into ribbons. Again, she didn't have to say, like, oh, he's a terrible lover and he's cheap and he's mean to waitresses. Like, yeah. It was just a fundamental assault on his character in that <laughs> sweet peach tea way that she's got. Yeah, just told him to bless his heart. Yeah. Oh, the ultimate <laughs> southern hospitality dig. 
Bless your heart. Um, but camera roll is like a very stark contrast to all of that because it's her looking back on all the good times they had. She makes this mm-hmm. point like you don't document the bad. You only ever document the sunsets you enjoyed together and the fun that yep. you had and the love that you made. And she the the lyrics chronicle chronological order ain't nothing but torture. Scroll too far back, that's what you get. I don't want to see them, but I can't delete them. It just doesn't feel right, not yet. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's that kind of torture of the digital age where all you have to do is click the trash can and it's out of sight, out of mind, and you can heal and move forward. But it's like trying to throw away like a childhood stuffed animal. Sometimes that is easier said than done. You hold on to these things that in many ways are holding you back and it it, it can't be helped. So this is another like stripped back tender song about mm-hmm. longing and regret and how healing is a chaotic process. It's not a straight line. It reads almost like a diary entry. Um, very sad. Um, again, I don't, this is a personal thing. I think I've said this before. I don't love songs that reference our current technology that much. Mm-hmm. So like if someone was like, baby, when I friended you on Facebook, I was glad I didn't find you on the Bumble. Like I don't, yeah, I don't really like that kind of stuff. It, it, it's not quite that on the nose with this. And if anyone's gonna do it, I think she's got the latitude to do it. Or like Doja mm-hmm. Cat too. Doja Cat, yeah, kind of picks when to deploy that stuff. But personally, I don't love the rampant references to our technology. I just think there's kind of some magic that gets lost in the translation. Yeah. See, I don't, and I don't think I. I don't think I, I see it as extreme as you do on that one. Because um, she says, don't go through your camera roll. But it's like, you think about our devices. Like, we're we're not going to... People want to take pictures. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're always <clears throat> going to have devices that can do that. So, like, it might not be like your camera roll in your phone as we know it today, 20 years from now. You know, it might be... We might just have the camera in our eyeballs and we just tug our earlobe to take the picture and it's just like logged into the memory card we take out of the back of our necks at night you know maybe that's where we're at then but everybody's going to know what camera roll is i think she does a service by not naming a specific like don't look go through your camera roll on your iphone or you Mm -hmm. know something like that that has a specific reference to like a brand or a product um i think it saves it a bit there where it doesn't seem doesn't have that same level of cheap where it's like you were sent your example of a song you know i'm glad i friended you on the facebook like that kind of thing there's a lot of songs that do that and it's just like you know it feels a little cheap when they do that i feel like she did a service by not at least not going to the specific name of the product or service she was talking about yeah that's true that's very fair but i also want to riff on your idea of like oh it'll be a camera in your eyeball and you tug your ear love to make the picture i want to get to the point where i can biohack my body and put an easy bake oven in my ass but in order to like make it work i have to hand crank by jerking off so i'm just sitting on a bench in public i'm like don't look at me like that i'm making muffins how dare you someone just bitch lighted their way out of getting a chocolate chip scone that's the future i have to look forward to well i mean i feel like it's the future's bright for everybody then, you know? Everybody's got dreams. You just got to keep keep manifesting those dreams, buddy. You'll, An oven in every ass and yeah, a muffin in every oven. Yeah, you'll be out of there in no time. God bless. What a country. 
Well, there's my next song. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I feel like, is it the same thing if you reference future technology? No, I think then you just fall into the same regard as The Simpsons, where they're like, oh my God, The Simpsons predicted Trump. They predicted yeah. the Fox-Disney merger or acquisition, I guess. I mean, you talk about chips being put in you and camera eyes and stuff. It's going to be Disney branded pretty soon. As soon as we see it on The Simpsons, we'll know that it's time to be worried about it actually oh, yeah. happening. Okay, that's good to know. Yep. That's a good, that's a good, uh, I guess that's a good measuring stick to use. Yeah, Simpsons. definitely. Yeah. It's no more least... ridiculous than Nostradamus or any other religion. So, yeah, when Homer becomes a more sentient version of himself, but as a robot, then we'll know. We'll know. It'd be coming. like the, the episode where he got the crayon removed from his brain and he became smarter. <laughs> is the capital of North Dakota Bismarck? Everybody just looks at Lisa and she's like, it is. <laughs> Tremendous. Don't uh, pull my were, pin on the Simpsons. When the when the Simpsons were hitting, they were hitting. Oh, that yeah. was an excellent show back in the day. Oh yeah, it hit hard for a good 11, 12 seasons. Yeah. It was it was wonderful. Well, what do you say we get to the last pick from this album? Keep looking up. And this one I think I'm going to say is my favorite one from the album just because I think it was the most it's probably the most like a song from Golden Hour is I kind of thought about it a little harder. I was like, why do I like this one so much? And then I was like, well, because it sounds like it could have been on Golden Hour. That's why. No, you're right. You're totally right. I had the same thought when I was listening to it as well. This idea of like, oh, I'm a Texas girl from the sticks and everyone said, keep your head down. But my daddy said, look up at the sky. And it's this mm. idea that like there are answers out there that you're only going to find if you are looking beyond your current situation. So if you just yeah. keep your head down, you'll miss a lot. It's not a new sentiment, but you're right. It's the most golden hour. I would say like most Casey Musgraves mm -hmm. song on the album. I get it. They all came out of her, but I mean, if you played this for someone that's just getting into her, they'd be like, Oh, which one of her early albums was that off of, you know? Yeah. Um, so I like it. I, again, it's not like a total reinvention of the wheel, but it was one of the moments where it was a little easier me to, easier for me to forget how disappointed I was with some of the material mm -hmm. and latch on to something familiar. And I hate to be that person. I never want to be a person that's like, well, I don't like uh, fucking uh, Weezer because Weezer <laughs> totally went and reinvented their sound. And that's such a cop out. Like, I love Elvis Costello, and he changed his sound all the time. Steely Dan didn't. They found a ton of ways to work within their own framework mm -hmm. to make stuff that sounded different but adhered to one aesthetic. So I, I never want to get down on someone for stretching themselves, nor do I want to get down on someone for playing it safe. That's why I use those yeah. two examples. But there was just something about this. The entire time I listened to this album, I was like... I wish I was listening to Golden Hour. You talk about that comparison. I couldn't shake that. I mm -hmm. wish I was listening to Golden Hour. Yeah. And I think I think that says more about Golden Hour than it does about this album, really. Because it's fair. like as soon as you compare those two, like because Golden Hour is is to me is gonna go down as a classic album. You know, it just was one of those ones that hits you at the right time. 
and just hits all the right notes, you know, hits all the right feelings. Like there's something on Golden Hour that everybody is going to like. I can't say the same about this album here. I think that's the difference. This one is very focused on the concept, and I think she was successful in you in that concept. But as far as a complete enjoyment of listening, like Golden Hour, like same trailer, different park, like pageant material. Like, I don't think it quite gets to that. There's not as much enjoyment there because I think the subject matter just didn't allow for that, really. Yeah. And we have a little time. I don't want to yank off of uh, Keep Looking Up if you have more to say. No, I just I wanted to bring that one up just because I was like, if you're looking for a song to help you get into this album, I feel like Keep Looking Up is the one. Okay. And and yeah, I would agree with that. Um. We got a little more time, so I did just want to point something out relevant mm-hmm. to that discussion. The second to last song on the album, There Is A Light. Obviously, like, oh, there's a light at the end of the tunnel of my suffering, and it's this kind of bursting forth of emotions. Um, musically, there's still a real clash with her voice and with the production elements. It's like I was waiting the whole time for her to just bust out. And really stretch herself. I get it. She's not Taylor Momsen. But I was kind of waiting for her to maybe venture into shedding the prettiness mm-hmm. and putting herself out there and trying something a little more rough and raw and off the cuff. Yeah. And I was thinking about that a lot during There is a Light. I'm like, this just like ugh. the music and the production and the mastering are not coming together cohesively for me and then there's that interlude with the jazz flute that was <laughs> fire and flames i heard that and i'm like why the fuck weren't you doing more of this on this album yeah. now granted the flute way overstayed its welcome by the end <laughs> but if it had been contained to that interlude and you're doing ideas like that holy fucking shit it was like billy eilish doing billy bossa nova it's this weird thing you dipped into to show us that you could do it because mm-hmm. it was interesting to you. And maybe this is all that Casey Musgraves wanted to do. You can't knock her for that. But as a consumer, I'm like, God damn, you come up with something that fun. Why couldn't you just do that the whole time if it was yeah. like goat sounds and, you know, Wurlitzers and theremins and didgeridoos? I don't care if they don't mesh. You took a wild swing. Like, yeah, I just kind of wanted to see her develop that hunger for for new frontiers and it just never came together yeah i i i think on this one i think what we were worried about is her spreading herself herself a little too thin i think Mm -hmm. is is kind of what happened i don't think she fell flat on either endeavor by any means um but i think a little more focus on or as much focus on the music as there was on that on the movie i think would have helped but i think because she was very and I can understand how this happens. You get kind of a one track mind about like this storyline that you want to stick to. And then it's, you have to fit things around that rather than being a little more willing to do, like you're saying is kind of go off the reservation a little bit, you know, as long as the feelings and the sentiment are correct, how it sounds doesn't really matter. You know, as long as you're, you're finding a way to authentically express how you're feeling. And I feel like you're right in that it, I I think not having live drums does hurt a little bit. Um, you know, there's certainly nothing against electronic drums, but I think in this instance and for the type of music that she plays, it's better to have more of a live sound to it because it really fills out the sound. I think the a big issue with this one is that 
there was a lot of moments where the only focus was on her voice. And while you, while you're correct, and it's a very pretty voice, like she hits all the right notes. It's not unpleasant whatsoever to listen to. It just doesn't, I feel like it doesn't have the, you know, what I come to Casey Musgraves for is the songwriting. You know, the voice is a great delivery instrument for that. But when the voice is required to carry the song, I don't think it's quite up to the task. Yeah. And it's, it's, Choices like Velvet Elvis, which I don't love that song, but off of Golden Hour, but it's quirky and it's interesting and it, it 100% paints a very clear image. It belongs on that album. And then you get something like Cherry Blossom off this album. And I'm like, what's the point? Because you have an appreciation for Japanese culture, which, by the way, no one bought that. They're savaging her for including this. They're like, this is a white yeah. girl's idea of what Japanese music sounds like. And it's like, you, you have a point, you have a mm-hmm. point. It's coming from the point of view of a white woman who has this affinity for Japanese culture, but at least it wasn't like, you know, like doing like very offensive, obvious things. It was no, everybody was Kung Fu fighting. You know what I mean? Yeah. And people didn't get mad at Phoebe Bridger for Kyoto, which I would argue borrowed a lot same, of like yeah. Asian influence sound. So, you know, we we need to be consistent in what we criti- you want to criticize anything about that song. How about the fact that it's it's a rice cake? And yeah. I don't mean to, you know, accidentally be racist saying that, but it's just like it's like chewing on packing peanuts. There's yeah. nothing to that song. I'm like, what is the point? Like it has yeah. nothing to do with your relationship and it didn't have to be a concept album about her divorce if she didn't want it to be. But I look at that as the third song in and I'm like, what the hell is this? I, I just don't. Yeah. It, it's it's this album to me, if it was cathartic to her, that's great. But to me, it is the story of missed opportunities. I said last week, Donda was a fucking mess, but it was enjoyable for that reason. Mm-hmm. And it was academically very interesting. Kanye is really fascinating everything he's going through you could write a fucking book i can't even claim to know as much about kanye as other authorities yeah i want to write a book about him he's fucking fascinating that album was fascinating his career trajectory is fascinating casey musgraves has a lot of that same appeal when it's like golden hour was the marriage happiness album now we're going to transition to like the dark night of the soul the the divorce Mm -hmm. it's just it there were a lot of things I feared it would be. There were a lot of things I hoped it would be, and it it, it landed squarely in the middle, and that's where my disappointment is. Yeah. It's not good. It's not bad. It just is. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to say stream it on this one. You know, I think I think if you're a Casey Musgraves fan, I do think you're going to really like this one. Um, like I was saying, Marlo loves this one, and I, I enjoyed it overall. Um, but I can, I can see if... You know, I can see where you're coming from, certainly, you know, because it's I'm not going to go and beat the drum for this one like I did for for Golden Hour. Um, But if anybody is a is a fan of Casey Musgraves, I do think they're going to likely enjoy this one. And to be clear, I don't want to do the snob thing like, well, if you liked it, there's something wrong with you. I think we've (laughs) established on this show that that's not this is all just personal opinion. Um. So controversially, I'm gonna say skip it. Yeah, I'm a Casey Musgraves fan, but I I 
I think this is an inessential album. I, I mean, if you're a diehard, then you are going li- to listen to it no matter what we say. Mm-hmm. But if you're just wondering week to week, should I check out Solar Power, Donda, Planet Her, whatever, call me if you get lost, I would say Starcrossed, you can skip in my yeah. eyes. That's fair. I mean, it's pretty rare that we have one that we're split on mm-hmm. like that. I think I'm interested if you ever do watch the video, watch the movie. I'm interested to see what you think about that. Um, and maybe we do another another quick segment about that when you finally when you get to it um but it's i i would imagine it's going to get released on other platforms and i'll send you that paramount plus thing anyway so you can check it out uh but it's you know i think yeah it's and i think us being split is exactly how the entire world feels about this album yeah. right now i think it, i think it's a pretty accurate representation um you know i happen to like it you didn't and i i look forward to her next one where hopefully we go back to maybe she like wants to do something a little different. I don't mind if she tries something else, but it's like, I hope she does something else other than this for the next one. Yeah. It's, it's gotta be a step in some direction from here. And how interesting is it that one of the rare times where we're dead split is on something we should have both loved that we were both looking forward to. And this is, this is where we split. Like it hurts me. This is like trying to barf up a cactus. I, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hate that this is my position i really do but there's there's nothing to be gained by sitting here and, and banging the drum for this when yeah, well, I, I mean what I can just you do didn't like it what can you do there's a reason to make chocolate and vanilla too as sturgill simpson once said that's exactly correct yep yep well i think that's i think we're i think we're getting close right we got to be yeah we're up there yeah. um so was there anything else this week that you wanted to uh, make sure we covered? Um, no, right. I don't think so. I'll I'll kick it over to you for All right. final well, business. Head on over to the YouTube. You're gonna find another singles video up there. They come out every Thursday. So if you haven't already watched the new one, head on over to YouTube. Search hashtag out on that line. Hit that subscribe button. You can hit that little bell too, so you get notified when new stuff comes out. And by the time you hear this on Monday, there will have been another singles video uploaded. Um, We're in the 30s now for that. We've got over 50 episodes of this show so far. So there's a lot, a lot of content. You'll find all of it on YouTube. You'll find all of our podcast episodes right here where you're listening, wherever that might be, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever it is. You can find us on Instagram, add out on that line, on Twitter, add out on that line one. And you can send us an email. If you're so inclined to out on that line at gmail.com. And if you've got nothing else, Alex, until next time.